The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I'll now continue with the five-part series on the faculty, the divine faculty of mindfulness of sati. And this is the fourth of the five-part series. And the first two days I talked about the kind of initiating mindfulness, of showing up, waking up to the present. And then at second day I talked about how mindfulness can include recognition, the clear recognition of what's happening in the moment. Both those can be momentary phenomena. You can return to a moment of mindfulness and that's valuable. Then we get pulled away or involved in something and later we can come back to a moment of mindfulness. And the recognition also can be very powerful. Um, And the more clearly and fully we recognize, there's more freedom uh, in the experience. But that also can be momentary or very brief. The third aspect of mindfulness that comes along more strongly as mindfulness gets stronger and the pull of thoughts in the world lesson is um, a mindfulness as observation. We're able to kind of sustain a perception and awareness of uh, what's happening in the moment. And this observation uh, is a phenomena that occurs, in, we can say it's in the present moment for sure, but it's sustained through time. And so we're beginning to develop a capacity for concentration, for uh, steadiness of kind of lingering and staying with the experience. And it'd be kind of like observing uh, the, a river going by, just, or just watching it flow by and we can sustain the attention. It can be very relaxing and, and even mesmerizing, I guess, uh, absorbing to just watch the river go by. And, uh, and, and that's a sustained attention that's, that's relaxing, nourishing, settling, um, can be very nice for people. Uh, so as the mindfulness gets stronger, uh, it takes the quality of um, uh, observation. And that's the kind of a, the Buddha's word is the observation, uh, to look towards, to fo- watch after. Uh, anapasati uh, is the word. Uh, and... Um, and uh, and so one of the qualities of this uh, observation is that as it gets stronger, uh, it builds equanimity. Observation is very simple. It just simply observes. Observation doesn't interfere with phenomena, doesn't need to judge it in and of itself. Just like you're watching, absorbing the river going by, we're just watching it go by without judging it or preferring a different river or... Um, or trying to stop the river and flow a different way. It's just kind of allowing it to be. And, of course, there are times in life when that kind of awareness is not appropriate, but uh, it's also very powerful as a way of building up equanimity. And the equanimity, the more we're reactive, the more we're judgmental, the more we're greedy or hateful or uh, attached to things, the more helpful it is to cultivate greater and greater equanimity. 
And that's one of the functions of this observation factor of mindfulness. And equanimity is not just for its own sake, but so that we can start seeing the world in a clearer way. And certainly in the world, when we're out in the world and people in society, uh, we tend to be wiser if there's kind of tranquility and equanimity as part of our engagement and our care and concern for the world. When it comes to meditation practice, where we're doing this withdrawal, stepping back and really settling into our experience, um, is there's... Um, um, there is... Um, uh, as we get more equanimous, we're also be, uh, less and less uh, seeing the experience through the filter of our ideas, our commentary, our judgments and the stories. The observation gets simpler and simpler. And, and as, because the observation is happening through time, and because there's less and less overlay of stories, ideas, me, myself, and mine, what it means for me, what's happening, predictions of the future, just a willingness to kind of rest in the moment with the flow of experience, that um, we start seeing that flow better. They start seeing things arising and passing, start seeing things coming and going, start seeing the change. And that change is not only the change of external phenomena we sense, but there's this wonderful interplay between uh, the changing nature of what we're noticing and the changing nature of what's happening. Because attention generally doesn't stay fixated on one thing, but it also kind of moves and oscillates. And if you're following the breath, for example, uh, and if you're really attuned to the flow, the stream of breathing, there's all these different sensations that come into play. And why the mind settles on one sensation more than another, and this inhalation, it's aware of more the pushing of the diaphragm, then next inhalation, a little bit more the pushing of the chest, uh, sometimes it's aware of a little more pressure, other times a little tightness. And the mind itself, the tension itself, kind of gently moves around and is in more or less settled on the breathing, but it, know, it picks up different things, and so it kind of moves around. And so there's an inconstancy, there's a changing flow of how what we notice because of the mind gently kind of taking in different things. If you tune into pain, it's very interesting to tune into physical pain. If it's not too strange, if it's not too um, too difficult, um, and if you um, uh, really pay attention to it, uh, you might see this interplay between the sensations of pain being little pixels of discomfort, of tightness, pulling, and all that happening. And, um, and also the mind kind of moving around between those all pixelated little pieces. That with it, when the concentration is really strong, the mindfulness doesn't pick up a solid mass of pain, but there's a dance of sensations going on. And I hope that if you do that, you're not in too much pain, because th that, that doesn't work, maybe. But um, so, so one of the movements of the, as, as this observation factor of mindfulness gets deeper and deeper is that we switch away, the mind switches from the, um, from the storyline, the idea line, the concept line, the thinking about things, uh, 
to observing the changing flow of phenomena. It isn't so much that we're looking for change and looking for uh, how everything's changing and in constant and arising and passing. It's more like we just keep settling and observing and being and allowing the observation, allowing the recognition to become stronger and settling in and relaxing into the present moment. A lot of what mindfulness is, is relaxing and opening and allowing the natural functioning of attention to operate and observe in a simpler and simpler way. And so uh, then to go um, uh, go deeper, and uh, and then we start seeing the the impermanent, the changing nature of phenomena. Now, some people, uh, it's easy to wonder why do that. Why is that important? It might be that. Uh, uh, the concerns we have in our life are big and important and need to be addressed. And it could feel almost like a betrayal to what's important in life to step away from it and do this very simple, rudimentary kind of resting in the changing flow of sensations and perceptions they rise and pass, where after a while there's not even any clear sense of body and time or uh, you know things in the world. There's just this flow of sensations. That can't be. Um, that can't be um, any good. Well, certainly there are times when the world needs us, and it's more important to be taking care of what's going on around us. But as I said in the end of this meditation, um, uh, a very common um, um, human process that's used in all kinds of areas, very secular, ordinary, daily life areas, in spiritual areas, in ritual, that this is in a kind of an integral part of, of human life. The idea there are times of stepping away, followed by times of stepping in, times of withdrawal, and times of return. And, um, and meditation is like that. It's a time of stepping away from everyday life, so that we can return in a different way. Then the different way that Buddhism gives most emphasis to is to return with freedom, where we're not clinging and attached to things, where there's an ease and an openness and a happiness, settleness, and a greater capacity for heart qualities, a greater capacity to care for the world and have compassion, have empathy, have, have uh, kindness, have friendliness, have uh, appreciation, have delight in the good that's around us. And for that, to come back to the world that way, it really helps if we can let go of preoccupations, let go of the things that we get caught in that stand between us and this open awareness of the world and presence in the world. And so one of the ways that Buddhism does that is through mindfulness practice and meditation. Each of these steps that I talked about involves some letting go. So just the initial initiating mindfulness of the moment, we're letting go of something to wake up for that moment. The Take the time to clearly pers- uh, recognize what's happening is um, uh, that's a different activity of the mind than just going along with business as usual in the mind and keep thinking. It is a letting go for a moment of what's ordinarily happen- happening to step back and recognize what's happening. To settle back and observe, we're letting go of what 
again, pulls us away. And it's a deeper letting go that needs to happen to really be able to stay in the flow of observation of the moment. As we start seeing and being in the river of life, the flow, the stream of things appearing and disappearing and coming and going and changing, at this very much deeper primary kind of fundamental layer of our experiential life, uh, it becomes clearer and clearer that clinging to that doesn't work, that trying to block it and resist it <clears throat> doesn't work, and that <clears throat> and that it, excuse me, that clinging to it doesn't work, blocking it doesn't work, that. Um, that what most works, because it doesn't work, because it's suffering. To really feel the stress, the tension involved in the wanting and the pulling away and the desiring and the conceit and in the planning and the, all the things that we do um, is becomes more and more evident as, we, as the flow of arising and passing is observed and we're settling back in it. And it turns out that it's a very effective way to begin letting go of some of the deepest places of holding that we have. And, uh, and we let go deeply so that, I would think, I, I hope, so that we can come back to the world with open hands, with an open heart, and an open mind. That, um, that this process of mindfulness and meditation is one that we're here uh, to benefit the world. And I think that that's a natural process. I think it's a natural to want to benefit the world if we've done the deep inner work of freeing ourselves. So then we'll have one more uh, uh, short talk tomorrow, uh, kind of final talk on mindfulness. And uh, I'm enjoying giving these talks. I hope that they're nice for you and supportive for you. And uh, I very much appreciate the chance to be with you. Thank you.